Welcome to Friends Fascinated, where two friends that can talk for hours, talk for hours. I'm Jet Jones. And I'm Mackenzie DeMaio, and we're excited to have you along for the ride. If you liked listening to this episode, don't forget to review and subscribe. Hello, everyone. We're back at you from a week off, a weekend off from the podcast, because we were both going our own way. We had vacation separately, we which we don't do very <laughs> we don't often, do often honestly. Uh, I was in Joseph, Oregon with my husband, Dakota. We were frolicking in our teardrop camper and relaxing and having delicious coffee and going to the lake and getting rained on, unfortunately, here and there <laughs> and fishing, which I don't know if I even told you this, but we went fishing. Uh, the fish were not interested in our bait at all, and we could see them ignoring our bait. Rude. <laughs> which is like, you don't necessarily always see the fish you're fishing for True. ignore your bait. And in this case, they were like the bright red salmon. Like, you Ooh. could see them in the water. I didn't know that lake had salmon. I didn't know that either. Anyway, so it was kind of cool to see the bright red fish, but it was disappointing because none of them wanted to bite, which was fine. Um, so we just kind of hung out there. It's a place we've dreamed of maybe moving to someday. But it was kind of smoky and kind of rainy, and so that place is kind of like the Swiss Alps of my life, anyway. Oh, beautiful, yeah. There's, Snow-capped mountain. Yes. Year-round. Yes. So this time, it was not as beautiful as it was in the past, just because with the smoke, you couldn't quite see the mountains quite as much, and then you were just kind of in a small town with a lake, which was still nice. But we did a lot of exploring and driving around to see maybe what area we'd want to live in someday if we moved there. Um, but yeah. That's it. And also, I meant to tell you another thing about the area is that um, the last time we went with you guys camping over there, uh, there's a second little lake, but it's a man-made lake. Mm -hmm. It was completely dried out. What? Yeah. That wasn't that small of a lake. It's a reservoir. Wait, but there was a ton of fish. Where did the fish go? I am very curious of that as well because so Dakota and I went because none of the fish bit in the first spot. So we're like, okay, let's try the other one because it's day two and... We want something else to do. Let's try out there because we basically got, you know, all excited about fishing. And then we watched them ignore us. So we went out there and literally you could walk in where the lake was. It was so dried out. And there That's was like. so weird. Yeah. And it was man-made apparently. So you could see like the little reservoir hole thing. Well, and we have a reservoir near us, but it doesn't dry out in the winter. I know. Summer. Or summer. Yes. Either one. Yeah. Any time of year. I it's know. It's always there. There was. And basically. There was a big puddle kind of in the middle that maybe the fish were at, but I don't know if they like herd the fish out or if they drain it so they can clean it once a year or if it's like a reserve for the big lake. I have no idea. I know. know nothing about man-made lakes. Me either. So anyway, I thought that was very interesting. So we actually walked around there and looked for fishing lures because that's oh, where that's everybody fished. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Hmm. Wanted to tell you about it because it was so trippy. Because yeah. last time we were there, it was spring. Everything was green and beautiful and everyone was, was catching like tons June. of fish. I know. It was amazing. And now it's empty. Ow, Literally weird. empty. I know. So anyway. Okay. But it was a good weekend. It was a nice time, you know, away a little bit and exploring nature, but um, glad to be back. Cool. Yeah. Well, for our weekend, we went to the Seattle area. So my husband's dad lives over there and his family. So we, well, this was actually his birthday present. Um, so the Seattle. Eric's birthday present. Yes. Sorry. Uh, my husband's birthday present, uh, which he got. Much later than his birthday, but he knew about it in time. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I got him tickets to a preseason Seahawks game because he's never been to a NFL game. And so uh, we decided to, well, I decided to get him tickets and this was the weekend to go. And so we all got tickets, his family too. And so we all went. 
which was super cool. We've never been before. And so we were just in the like Tacoma, Seattle area. So we also had coffee and donuts and good food and stuff like that. Um, but actually going to the game is what kind of spurred the idea for my first topic. So, and this, I have a feeling you'll have plenty to say about, which I think will be cool. I didn't find like a ton of science, but I found some interesting kind of talking points about it. Okay, bring it on. I'm ready. So basically, I've been to Seattle a decent amount. I haven't lived there, but I've been there enough to kind of feel like I know what to expect when I go. And uh, we've been to baseball games and soccer games, but never an NFL game. Well, recently, you guys with us, we went to... Uh, Boston and we saw a Red Sox game. Yep, yep. And so I'm sure you'll remember like leaving the game, we left in a big crowd and we got on a train and then we went back to our car so we could leave. And just like the feeling of being in a crowd of like like-minded people, you're all wearing the same color, mm-hmm. you're kind of there's like a sense of camaraderie to it. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious where you're going with all of this. <laughs> yeah, so it's the same same thing. We were leaving the Seattle Seahawks football game. And same thing, we're all wearing the same colors, we're wearing Seahawks gear. Granted, we lost the game horribly. Actually, at both events, yeah, the Red Sox the game, Red we Sox, also lost yeah, horribly, well. so that actually has no change on this. Um, but we were literally, like, walking back to the car, and I told Eric, I was like, it's the weirdest thing, but when we left the game in Boston, like, even though we weren't from the area, we heard, like, we'd been there for a couple days, just that day, that was our first yeah. day in Boston. And I felt like a sense of camaraderie. And even though we were in a city that we didn't know and it was super late at night, we're getting on a subway, like, yeah. could be considered sketchy. But because we were surrounded by all these, like, like-minded people and we were all coming from the same place and there was that sense of, like, camaraderie mm-hmm. and almost safety. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that too? Yes. Like, if you're if you're not a Yankee or whatever, <laughs> sure. they would protect you or like exactly yeah, if someone hang like attacked you, you yeah. you'd be safe. Like yeah. you didn't think anything bad was gonna happen because you were kind of surrounded by people that you felt a sense of like safety and I don't know, it just it just had a good vibe to it mm-hmm. in my mind. I don't wanna make fun of you, but I totally am and I <laughs> about this topic because I think you're describing the magic of sports. Like well, no. it's just wait. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So my point. <laughs> I'm just saying so, to point out. No, so no, no, Mackenzie hasn't played sports in her life, so that's I'm giving true. her a hard time because I'm like, okay, you're describing sports. <laughs> Got no, it. That's a very good point. I have not played sports. I haven't attended that many sporting events, and I get that that's why people get into sports. It's that sense of camaraderie and whatever. But the point is not about the sports. It's not about the crowd. Okay. Per se, it's about the city. Because when we were in Seattle, we were leaving the Seahawks game, and I literally, we were walking back in the crowd, and I turned to Eric, and I was like, you know what's weird? When we left the Seahawks game, like, and I explained everything I just said, and I was like, but now we're leaving. We are surrounded by Seahawks fans right now. This is closer to home for us. We have, like, family alongside us, and yet I don't feel that. I don't feel the same sense of, like, safety and common purpose. And Seattle's fine, but it's not, like... Like, I don't get the best vibe ever when I'm yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And so what I was explaining to him is, like, I feel alone in this crowd. Mm-hmm. But when I was in Boston, I didn't feel alone. Yeah. it it In Boston, the vibe was, like, after the baseball game, if we got on the subway with the crowd, which we did, that if someone started singing, like, the national anthem, everyone would join exactly. in. You know? And, like, they'd be like, oh, say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was just this sense of, like, yeah, we could all goof off and have a good time, and we're all that, – that's what it yeah. is. You're having a good mm-hmm. time. 
But like leaving the game in Seattle, I did not feel that. Get out of my way. I'm getting to my car. I got places to be. Yeah, like I feel like if someone attacked me on the street, aside from my family, of course, like everyone else in the crowd would run away. Whereas in Boston, I was like, people I think would help. Yeah. And it's just, and it wasn't even the safety so much as just like the general vibe of like a good time and having people surrounded by you and the way a city feels. Mm, So that was kind of my first example. And then I was thinking about it more and I've had the same experience in concerts. So I've been to concerts in different cities. And specifically, like, when Eric and I have gone to concerts in Portland, it's a great time. Mm -hmm. And we're, like, in essentially, I mean, they're small concerts, but what would be considered maybe, like, a mosh pit almost. Yeah. And so people are having a good time. Everyone's nice. They're being respectful. It feels like you're kind of, again, there for a common purpose. You're vibing. Yeah, you're all vibing. You're trying to, like, make sure everyone around you is having fun. Mm -hmm. It's great. We've been to the same exact bands in Seattle, and we don't feel that as much. And I don't mean for this to be like a burn on Seattle because we do enjoy going to Seattle. But when we go to concerts in Seattle, it feels like, again, you're like you have to fend for yourself. Like other people Mm -hmm. don't care if you're having a good time. They don't care if they're blocking your view or Mm -hmm. if they step on your feet or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. It's just a different vibe. Hmm. But I know you don't have the same liking to Portland that I do because I feel really good when I'm in Portland. I feel like I vibe with the city pretty well. But I know you don't have that. So I'd be curious what cities, like, you feel really good with good versus, vibes. yeah. Hmm. And I have some, like, questions and prompts around it, too. Okay. But I would say, like, Portland, I have a good vibe. Seattle's, like, okay. Boston, I felt a really good vibe. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the other extreme would be, like, when we were in Rome. Bad vibe. Ah, Horrible yes. vibe. Yeah, that's a good point. And then, uh, like, Florence was much more... Mm -hmm. fun and vibey and you could tell people were there to just hang exactly and so i think a lot of it comes from the people that are there Mm -hmm. and the activities and things available Mm -hmm. like kind of what they're trying to promote Mm -hmm. and so that is very interesting i i feel like i pick up on that much more in a smaller sense because i think you and I are different in a way where, like, you pick up the vibe of a city because you've considered moving to a city before. That's true. And so you vibe check that a lot. But for me, I'm mainly, like, really evaluating, like, mid-sized cities and, like, the surrounding areas and the yeah. vibe. Um, but I think I've actually never given it much critical thought with the collective like community is in Seattle before. So that's actually really interesting because honestly Mm -hmm. it's never crossed my mind because I've never considered like spending time in the area like as if it was my own, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, but I did, I do pick up on exactly what you're talking about when you talk about like Portland versus Seattle versus Boston. And I haven't actually spent too much time in too many cities well, I guess I've been, like, to Atlanta, Georgia, and I think that place sucked <laughs> a lot. Yeah, when um, I was there, I didn't get a very good vibe from but that either. For me, like, Seattle does seem a little bit pretentious, kind of, like, outdoorsy, but kind of isolated in some ways, and people mm-hmm. are just trying to make it in the city so they can move back out to the forest when they're done. Yeah. And then Portland, I think my view of Portland is a little bit tainted. I... I think a lot of my view on cities actually comes from the weather, unfortunately, when I'm visiting because Boston feels a little bit tainted to me because I just couldn't quite break the feeling of being hot and humid there. See, and I've almost separated that completely by now. Yeah, and in Seattle, it's always been pretty nice weather and I can see the ocean nearby and it's really close and... 
So I kind of prefer, like, if I had to pick between Seattle and Boston, I'd probably pick Seattle for those reasons. And then Portland, I think, has a similar um, skew in my mind, kind of in the negative way, because I visited... I, the last time you and I visited, I actually really liked Portland, and I got kind of, like, curious because I think Ooh. you showed me better sides to Portland. See, and that's what I was afraid of is that you just hadn't seen the parts of Portland that are more but I, approachable. I think the difference is the last time I was in Portland before that was, like, July, and it was really hot mm. when we were there, and we were only there for, like, a half day, and everything smelled like pee, and there was a lot oh. of really creepy <laughs> people around. And so for me, like – when I'm in a city or in a mid-sized city, I'm evaluating what the, like, safety feels like because I've always been a small-town girl. So when mm-hmm. I... Well, and as a woman, I think it, it's yeah. much more prevalent. Yeah. So I think I'm kind of vibe-checking if it feels safe whether I like a city or not. I do that, too. Um, And so Portland really didn't give me that vibe when I was there. It felt kind of like a free-for-all of all these ragtag people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, sure. but I do like, the, like, the creative culture, and um, it does actually have a lot of the, my favorite brands in Oregon, and I have a soft spot in my heart for Oregon, so I'm open-minded. But overall, I haven't really evaluated the consciousness of the, the community in cities, but hmm. that is a cool thing to add to my thinking I guess yeah and it's not something that I necessarily thought about before but Eric and I have made the conscious decision to see a band in Portland instead of Seattle because of this before again before I'd even really considered this and then leaving the sporting event was when it really clicked with me I was like oh it's just the city yeah and so I tried to find some articles or anything about this and there wasn't a lot but I found a couple articles and so it kind of explained like and and this is what I expected but individual behavior in that environment is going to relate to how you feel about it and your knowledge of the place is also going to impact that so Mm -hmm. if it's your home and you know every nook and cranny of the city and what exists and what's what options are available to you you'll feel differently than a tourist yep and it explained too, like the first few hours of your impression are going to depend on confirming or disconfirming your expectations Mm -hmm. and so that's going to be a big part of it but the more time you spend there the more you can really evaluate Mm -hmm. which was why I wanted to spend a second day in Boston was to see you know if I liked it or if if I wasn't quite sure yeah because initially I thought I liked it but I couldn't quite tell Mm -hmm. and spending a second day I was like yeah I like it here Mm -hmm. and so I think part of it too is spending time there in less touristy activities because when you're surrounded by so Rome is probably an example where we only did the tourist things yeah so the people that we were interacting with were people who were literally trying to rip us off yeah like like sell tours yeah yeah. and pick our pockets and that kind of stuff so we didn't see an authentic side of Rome I'm sure yeah yeah so that's things like that might impact our perspective versus someone who is there totally big time yeah So part of it is going to be a reflection of the emotions of the people that live in that area. And so one thing to consider with Seattle is, like, they do have a big homeless population. Mm -hmm. Like, you will be approached and asked for money directly. And so that can make people feel very uncomfortable. Which, looking back, there weren't a lot of, like, homeless people or peddlers or things in Boston, now that I think of it. Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't recall seeing any. I don't either. And that's something I... So I'll I'll actually circle back to that point. But yeah, so it really depends on the type of people and the type of visit you're having and the you know, what you're expecting. Actually, I kinda wanna add in Chicago to the mix because that's oh, sure. probably my favorite big city. See, and I've only spent a evening there. So I 
can't give an accurate representation. What's, but I liked it. What's crazy is I've been there two times, and Dakota's been there once, and we were never there together. But we were both raving about it to each other when we left for completely different reasons. And, like, one day – so I was there for work, but I had an extra basically half day in town. So I actually – I think that was the last time I got my hair professionally cut, which would be at least two years ago. You got your hair cut in Chicago? Yeah, I did. Because I don't know I, if I knew that. I realized, like, I had nothing else to do. I had already packed That's up. kind of awesome. I know. <laughs> I and I was like, that. I have nothing else to do. And so I decided to get a hair appointment because I was like, what else am I going to do? And that was actually one of the most interesting things I had done by myself in a city because I was like, I got to talk to my hairstylist and, yeah. like, learn about the area. And it was really fun. She's like man, you're visiting in, like, February, and it's so cold, and I don't know why you came right now. <laughs> and she's like, you got to come in the summer. It, that's when it's shy town or whatever. <laughs> I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, everybody's having block parties. Everybody's going Aww. to concerts. Everybody's vibing. So happy. Ooh, I want to experience that. I know. I went in December. Yeah. It was I got windburn on my face. It was so <laughs> yeah, cold. Yes, so uh, exactly. But that's, like, a good example of what you were talking about where, like, your – lens may be a little bit tainted because mm -hmm. it was so cold when you went there and True. of course it depends on your company or whatever else you know you experience while you're there but sure. and I had fun I enjoyed what I saw but it was short-lived and it was at night like we went to the German yeah. winter market we went to the biggest Starbucks and then the shiny bean and yeah I think that was it and then mm -hmm. we were like okay uber home yeah and it was great but it was short so yeah. Yeah, super interesting. So I'll, I want to talk about this article that had a lot of other things to consider that made a lot of sense. Okay. So the site was called Smart City Dive. I Ooh. hadn't heard of it before. But the article was called Why Feelings Matter Most with Citizens and Their Cities. I love where this is going. Yeah. This is like my favorite thing to oh, talk about. It in was the whole great. World. <laughs> yeah, no, this was amazing. So it, the article had more to it, but it broke it down into like three different sections. Okay. And the, the, it basically just poses Ooh, questions. Things to evaluate when I'm traveling. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so the first one was variety of activities, okay. living situations, mm -hmm. and transportation. Yep, yep. So yep. the questions around it were, am I forced to live in a house or can I get an apartment? Mm -hmm. Do I have to drive all the time or can I take a bus or walk or mm -hmm. ride a bike? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Do people tend to cluster in diverse groups of friends or do people tend to only have friends who are like them? Okay. And I think that – I like that about Portland is the diverse, diversity is amazing. Yeah. So – but we're also from a little town in eastern Washington, so <laughs> – Yeah. Not a lot to go off there. Does the music scene have more than one genre that's predominant or at least have my favorite style of music? What mm -hmm. kinds of things can I eat? Are there cool third places like libraries, parks, arcades, and other places where I can go and not just go to work, home, or mm -hmm. for eating? Mm -hmm. Who can fix my hair the way I like? Yep. <laughs> That's a struggle here, I It feel is. Like. Uh, and it says it also ties into another metric, which is mobility. How can I get in and out and around town? Mm -hmm. And so, like, when I go to Spokane, I am frustrated because the roads are horrible. Yeah. It is one way, and I get confused yep so i think the nav navigation the navigation ability yeah <laughs> uh being able to navigate the city helps make you feel more comfortable yeah and then the second category which is kind of what i wanted to come back to was the level of respect that people have for each other and their differences mm. Ooh, so i have something to talk about on this a little bit go for it okay so Something that's been a general theme, like one of my maybe 2021 realizations about life and myself and whatever, is that I, and I've talked to you about this concept, which looking back, I actually, maybe it was probably a TikTok, not going to lie, um, where someone described what the Irish, like the crack is. Have I talked to you about this? 
Uh, I don't know if you have, but I know what this is. Yeah. It's like fun. Yeah. And like having a good time. See that, so maybe you have. See, that's what I thought in the way when we visited Ireland, we're like, what's the crack? Like, what does that mean? And we, we determined while we were there, it means like that's where the fun is at. So like that bar is the crack is what we thought it meant. Mm-hmm. But then I think it was on TikTok, an Irish guy was like talking about the crack is actually much more of a like – Again, kind of relating back to what you're saying, like the collective respect or consciousness or like a social agreement that you have to bring the fun. And I thought that was such a cool concept because it's actually something that I think I'm very passionate about. And sometimes I get wild and crazy and I'm not like I'm a pretty I'm a relatively reserved person until it's time to have fun. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's like you want to dance? Let's dance. Exactly. You want to drink? Let's drink. Exactly. Do whatever is fun. And that's one of my favorite things. And so now every time I think about the crack or being in a social situation where um, there's the potential of being like a bump on a log or bring in the crack and Mm. it's it's much more interesting to me to think of it as a social agreement that like we should all be doing our best. Of course, there's reasons to be shy and scared, and I feel those things all the time. But usually the way I dig myself out is this social agreement I have with myself where no one's going to make it fun for you unless you try to make it fun. So True. I think everybody's praying that a person shows up and is like, woohoo, like, let's be crazy. That's or why everyone wants extroverts at, like, any type of social yes. gathering is because they help fill that void of, like, bringing people along with them that yeah. sometimes us introverts struggle with. And you do a very good job of that when... I have to. <laughs> exactly, when you know that that's the plan. Exactly. And so, I don't know. So, anyway, that's how I relate to what you're talking about, where I feel like in a place like Ireland, like, I feel like we did meet a lot of people who brought the crack mm-hmm. to, like, a conversation or when they were meeting us or trying to entertain us or they were waiting on us at dinner or whatever that they they were respectful and kind and trying to make it interesting. And they and, were genuine, yeah. which is rare. But I feel like there was a lot of that same vibe in Boston, like the mm-hmm. this social agreement that, like, again, bringing it back to when we were on the subway, and maybe it's because we had lived in a pandemic for so long and it was weird <laughs> to be stuffed like sardines <laughs> in a place like that. But Not like, ideal, but yeah. Basically, to paint the picture for our listeners, it was like we all, after the game, like, crowd onto this subway and all these, like, Catholics and Irish Catholics and Italian-sounding <laughs> people and all these Boston accents around mm-hmm. um, were all giving each other a hard time. And, and they you, were loud and goofing off. Yeah. And they were, like, where we come from, I feel like people are way more sensitive. Or maybe yes. it's because I spend so much time on the internet that people are very, very sensitive. And I'm, I tend to lean much more politically correct than what people were saying <laughs> On that subway, and they were kind of harping on each other and, and talking they didn't about know each other. No, complete strangers who had all come left for a game from, mm-hmm. and they were teasing each other. They were like, "Your mom must be Catholic if you're talking <laughs> like that," you know. And they were just kind of horsing around. And again, it kind of seemed like they had a social agreement that they were all there to have fun, and they all probably had plenty of beer in them too. Sure, but it you could tell that they weren't they didn't have their guard up, and there was this yeah. social agreement that like we all came from a place that was fun because we were trying to have fun, and now we're on our way home. We're let's, gonna have fun. Yeah, still. let's have fun. So anyway, I yeah. think that's really cool. Yeah, that's a. Very good example. And one example that I want to share about Boston, I don't think I've shared the story on the podcast, but I know I've told a lot of people about it because it was just great, was 
So to start out, when we went to the East Coast, we'd never been before. Nope. We'd been in the airport and that was it. Yep. So we were like, okay, we're going to go to the East Coast. We don't know what to expect. But what we'd heard is that people, frankly, just aren't as friendly. Yeah. That they are more abrupt. They're more upfront. They don't care to talk to you. Like, part of I being was on the literally West... described, like, kind of like what you were talking about. My dad growing up always said, if you go to New York or the East Coast, if you had a seizure on the ground, people would step on you to get past you like, yeah even if you were dead on the ground type of thing. yeah and i knew i know new york is a bit of an exception too in how it's people act there which we've never spent time there so we truly really we have on it yeah no context for that Someday. but in general at the east coast like even further south than where we were i've just heard that yeah people they don't really say hi to you when you walk down the street they don't mm-hmm. really care what you're doing mm-hmm. people are just they live their own life and part of it's it's more crowded so there's not that kind of expectation that you see someone on the street you say hi because yeah. you can see them on the street in a few blocks mm-hmm. it's just different and so we were kind of surprised at how friendly everyone was we we didn't really expect that because that's not what we'd heard about mm-hmm. and the great example i have is when eric and i we were it was our last night in Boston. We had done kind of couples days, so we were separate from you guys. And we had picked up some, I think, drinks to bring back to the hotel with us, and we were headed back. Mm-hmm. And there was almost no one on the street. It was getting pretty late. And we were at a stoplight, and we saw, like, people a little bit down the road at the next, like, going to the, towards the next light. And someone basically, like, slammed on their brakes, even though there was no one else in sight. And the car behind them, like clearly was upset because they were close behind and Mm -hmm. i was and i even said to eric i was like "Ooh, i think they just got brake checked Mm -hmm. because they were really close yeah and they like swerved around them and whipped past and like zoomed off and i was like "Ooh, they're upset yeah and then we were just one light behind them so we ended up basically passing them so they were both behind us and we all pull up to the same light and so we're in front and they're in different lanes and so one pulls up behind us and the other one instead of pulling up right next to us at the light like you normally would they pull up next to the car they were mad at yeah and we're like oh it's about crap. to go down like, it's gonna be bad yeah. so i even rolled down the window to hear and we're expecting you them to snoop. be like yell yeah i'm such a snoop <laughs> we expect them to be like yelling at each other yeah. or upset and what we hear is the guy's like, oh, it was a pothole. Oh, man, I get it. I would break for a pothole, too. You're good. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're literally apologizing that for their like road rage. a clip from a movie, kind of. like It a, was bizarre. Yeah, it was funny. so funny. And I would say that's, like, the perfect example of our experience at Boston where, like, people are a little bit quick to be, like, almost upset but then they're like apologizing and they're your buddy and it's all good i don't know how to explain it it's almost like everybody is so like boisterous and like yeah it's almost scary how loud people are in boston like they'll yell and they'll assert themselves and they'll be goofy but then all of a sudden they're like but i don't care man like no one cares ha ha let's talk about it (laughs) exactly (laughs) like do you want a beer yeah i want a beer (laughs) Yeah, yeah it was great So that's like a good example of what my experience was in Boston. It made me like it a lot. Yeah. So uh, what I wanted to talk about about respect, though, so there were some questions around that. And so it was, do actual criminals get punished? Do people assume others are automatically criminals because of the color of their skin, their body type, their size, or some other arbitrary type? Do people have to join certain groups or churches or attend certain schools to be able to affect change in the city? Hmm. Is there a voice for the poor, the downtrodden, the powerless? Could I walk safely without the worry of a person yelling at me, thinking this is a way to get my attention? Even in a room of professional people, will those guys carry on a conversation with me that doesn't reek of, I need to take her home with me? Will the woman see me as not a threat, but a potential friend? Will they all have stupid, and in some cases, completely offensive ideas about me as a black woman? 
I'm doing my best to give everyone the benefit of the doubt or will they do that for me? So just some things like that around like kind of that common purpose. If, mm-hmm. Does everyone believe the best in each other? Does everyone have a common goal? Do people take you at face value or are they looking for other indicators? Are they brushing you off because the way you look or the way you sound or whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. So some of those things that I think can be harder to pinpoint but really yeah. matter in a diverse, fair city, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's those, it's funny that you bring those up because as it relates to big cities, but I do evaluate some of those things. And I think those are the most off-putting things about some of the smaller communities that I actually evaluate to potentially live in. And a lot of it, I think where we come from, I don't know, maybe I'm just generalizing how I'm feeling because we're talking about Boston or places with the crack. But (laughs) like, it seems like in areas like where we live, where things tend to skew conservative versus liberal or whatever your political beliefs are, it's very divisive and it's very tiptoey. Like you have to be very careful because people are, maybe there's less things to do. So people are more invested in politics. And then some of those factors rely, like are more related to our area than it would be a city. Like I feel like a lot of people, like the town I came from, Cuna, Idaho, I didn't even know what feminism was when I came to college. So I made it 18 years of my life without even understanding that concept. And that's kind of crazy to me. And I feel like in a city or being surrounded by diverse cultures, which again, like I had never even talked to someone who wore like a headdress or a headscarf or um, people from other cultures. And I didn't know what to think, which is scary to think about a life where I could potentially still not interact with people who I had never been around with different cultural dress or different beliefs than me or to teach me a different worldview. So it's funny that you bring that up because cities may have more more access to that sort of free thinking in those ways, but also more potential danger because there's a bigger population of people and more bad eggs get in or yeah, whatever. Yeah, true. And we, of course, are privileged. We are white yeah. women and we, have, we live in a very white area. Yeah. That's just a fact of the matter and so we haven't lived in a bigger city than where we live now and so Mm -hmm. we do have a narrow perspective but even when I grew up we moved from Southern California and we had friends that we were like oh you should move here it's great we love it we would love if you moved here and they were people of color and they were like no it's not diverse enough yeah we are afraid of the way we will be treated yep and Which is true, I didn't understand in... as a kid. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. And it wasn't ever explained to me. Yeah. And Which it's is true. crazy. Because um, you're specifically re- referencing your move to Co- the Coeur d'Alene area. Mm-hmm. Which in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, it's been t- notorious for ties to the KKK and like white supremacy. So yeah. I understand that decision on their part. Yeah, I do too. The last area, uh, or I guess the last kind of category that I'll cover that was addressed in this article is how resilient is the city? And so the example questions were, does it mope and moan when major companies don't pick it or when those companies shut down? Does it recognize why its young college students are leaving? Does it get stuck in its old ways or think things can only happen one way? When natural disasters show up, is it ready to evacuate and properly house people on better ground? Is it constantly complaining about how much it has to clean up? Is it doing all that it can to help people come back to where they were, or is it sitting ready to gentrify the land that those devastated homes sit on? Hmm. And I think that's something that Seattle struggles with, Mm -hmm. is that 
it is one of the largest homeless populations in our country, to mm-hmm. my knowledge. And I'm sure there are programs and things to help, but apparently it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And so I think that does add to, unfortunately, kind of the bad vibes in the city is that yeah. people are struggling. They're not getting the help they needed. They're getting scoffed at in the street. Mm-hmm. People are upset at seeing them. And they're human beings. Yeah. And I think there are aspects like that that really would affect any city is that if you have people that are struggling and the goal is to ignore them so they don't ruin your day, like that's that's not good. Yeah. And so I think every area has something it can do to grow and learn. But at the same time, I get why people would move to the cities that they vibe with. And so, of course, it depends on the person. If you're trying to kind of dissect the vibe of a city, you want something that kind of correlates with what you're looking for, Mm -hmm. something that aligns with your personal perspective. Mm -hmm. So someone may not want to go to Portland because they don't agree with the beliefs there. Or they don't, maybe they just don't even like a big city, something like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas someone in Seattle, they might be looking for big companies like Amazon and Microsoft. And they may have an expensive apartment downtown and they're happy. Yeah. So it depends on what you're looking for, what you're used to. Hard to say. Yeah. But I haven't seen that many cities. So I'm now that I'm more aware of it, I'm interested to continue kind of dissecting this. Yeah. I like having that in the forefront of my mind when traveling now. I think that's going to be helpful. Very useful. I had a lot to say about that. So that was a long-winded topic. But super interesting. So a fun thing I've been thinking about the last couple days. Very cool. Thank you. My topic. <laughs> Am is, I gonna be sad? Uh, I think it's it's more interesting because it's pop culture-y. Okay. And it's stuff we all know about, but I kinda wanna reflect on and just kinda talk about how strange it is. It isn't like that long to talk about, but we'll okay. see how it unfolds. So um there's a show that I've watched all of and I think you've watched all of it. It's called Glee. <laughs> yeah, I have. A long um, time ago, but yeah. I Funny actually, enough, my husband got me into it. <laughs> you can believe that. Uh, yeah, I guess I could see him liking <laughs> it. Uh, I I don't know if you know this about me, but I've seen Glee in full like when it came out, and then I've watched the whole thing again on Netflix, and sometimes I watch it in the morning just because. I did not know that about you. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the music? Is it the story? I don't – I think it has some nostalgia for me because it was so big when we were in, like, high school. See, and I was just finishing high school as it got big. Or mm-hmm. it, I think it wasn't on my radar. Maybe it was out, but I didn't know about it yet. I don't know. It, that I, makes sense. it fit with the timing really well because I think it had three, maybe. It had quite a few seasons, I thought. Six seasons, yeah. actually. So um, – those seasons aligned really well with how my life unfolded because I think they were going to college when I was about to go to college, that sort of Makes thing. Makes sense. So I was pretty invested in the show. But as you may have heard in recent news, they have been struck with tragedy with Naya Rivera's death. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah, that was a year or two ago, right? Yeah. So what's kind of crazy is since the show was being filmed and since then there has been um, four deaths from Glee cast members. I remember the one of the main guy characters. I, I don't know his name, unfortunately. Yes, it's Corey Monteith. Yes, yep. Um, I remember that. He played Finn Hudson in the show. Because he OD'd, I believe. Yes. Yep. So basically what I wanted to cover is the three kind of weird deaths surrounding them, all yeah, for very different reasons. And they were all very young. Yes. So um, Naya Rivera played Santana Lopez in the show. 
um, kind of like the baddie good singer. She was actually my favorite character yeah, because she, she uh, like sang a lot of Amy Winehouse and could belt really well. Um, and she also, yeah, and she turned out being like bisexual, and so that was kind of interesting to watch on the show because you don't see much LGBTQ type yeah, that stuff was back new. in the day. Um, but basically, in July of 2020, she took her four-year-old son on a pontoon boat in California's Lake Peru. Um, basically, what's crazy about her death is she rented the boat as you would, just like a day rental, no biggie, took her kid out, and she went missing, and they found her son and never found her. And Still? So, no. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> but it took, I think it took a couple weeks or wow. a couple days at least to find her body. And she drowned? She drowned, but they don't really know why because yeah, she was healthy. Weird. And there's really no theories as to, you know, what really happened to her. So it's kind of this this mystery. And that just happened in 2020. So I thought that was kind of crazy. And um, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, there's been some controversy with the cast members. And then one other cast member was a woman who was actually played um, Sue Sylvester's sister. Who had oh, Down yeah. syndrome. She's actually died since filming too, but it oh, was of Alzheimer's. And I believe she also succumbed to her Down syndrome, you know, effects wow. as well. So anyway, that death has happened since the show as well. Naya Rivera included. And then um, we talked about Corey Monteith, who played Finn Hudson. Um, he was kind of like the jock with the sensitive side. And he was dating... Um, What's her name? Rachel Berry in the show, who is uh, Leah Michelle in real life. Um, and so they were dating on set and off set. And basically, Corey's story is pretty tragic. He actually started drug and alcohol abuse when he was only 13 years old. Oh, jeez. And by the time he was 19, he had already had his first, like, intervention and went to rehab. Wow. Then um, I think he got clean or was doing a lot better, and he got his role on Glee and then got going with that. And then um, basically his demons caught up to him. And in March of 2013, he was 30 years old and he entered rehab and successfully completed it. Um, but then by July 17th, he was found dead in his hotel room. Um, apparently he died of accidental overdose of heroin and alcohol. Wow. Um, also codeine and morphine were found in his system. So um, he died in the fifth season of the show while he was already, he was dating Rachel Berry and Leah Michelle in real life. So the very tragic for her. She talked about how it felt like two people in her life had died, which is very Ooh. sad. And they had an episode about Glee after he died. I, and his character died in yes. the show. And I, if I remember right, I cried. Yes, it was very I did emotional. too. Yes, because you could tell like the cast was actually affected, obviously, because it was a real death that yeah. happened while filming. So. Ooh. Super sad, obviously, super horrible. Um, and then also, another character died. Do you remember Puckerman? Yeah. Oh, I did hear. Didn't he die yes. before? Sorry. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you tell it. My story. <laughs> Basically, um, not funny at all. Um, his name is Mark Salling in real life. He played Puck or Puckerman, uh, kind of the bad boy of the series. Dated all sorts of ladies in the show. But apparently... His uh, reputation followed him outside of the show because he actually got in trouble for um, his ex-girlfriend sued him of forcing her to have unprotected sex, Ooh. which 
rape basically yeah. happened. Um, Yikes. Yeah. And so after that report, he denied the accusations, but he settled with her. Um, and then after that, a uh, couple months after Glee ended, actually, he got charged with possession of child pornography. Oh, and I remember that now. Yes. Oh, they gosh, discovered more than 50,000 images of child porn on his computer. And he was found guilty in December of 2017 with a sentencing set for March 18th. Um, but he died by suicide in January of 2018. So before he could make it to a sentencing, he killed himself. Wasn't he dating Naya Rivera? In the show. Oh, I thought they were dating in real life for I don't, some reason. I don't think so. Oh, okay. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think him and Santana on the show had a thing. but For again, some reason, I thought that was real life, too. He but was kind not. of a lady killer in the show. But anyway, Ooh, kind gosh. of crazy. Like, their cast wasn't huge. Like, as far as, like, the original cast, there was there some spin-off shows. There was, like, 12 shows. recurring characters, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And so I just think there's something eerie about all that. Because mm-hmm. if you think about, like, the ties of all these people is like a silly like show choir TV show, but there are so many demons surrounding like well, is, these I mean, people. I feel like that's kind of the stereotype of showbiz, if you will. Like it's not a kind career, mm-hmm. and it's really hard on people. And to be both an actor and a really amazing singer, and to be trying to live that life and be successful at such young ages i i can see why that wouldn't come easy yeah super interesting so i'm a big fan of glee and dakota actually brought up this topic to me because he was like so many people have died from that cast and i was like that is very true i'm gonna Hmm. look into that and it's i think what's eerie to me is maybe obviously this is a stretch but it it just feels like a curse it feels like this dark cloud kind of like this dark secret behind the scenes of the show where like especially when it comes to like sexual assault type things or um drug and alcohol abuse and then naya rivera's death is a mystery it's just like like you know it just it they're so uncorrelated yet everybody was so young and it's eerie yeah so anyway. And what did you say the the person's name was? Um, Sue's sister's character. I didn't catch her name. Okay. Actually, I just read about that one. Um, she. That oh, one. I, I think that was the one I didn't know about. She was only in about four episodes oh, of okay. the show. So oh, I didn't that's catch right. Her name. But yeah, she's died since the show. Wow. Yeah, that was the one I I didn't know about. But that's a lot. Yeah. It's four that's people. Very weird. Huh. But that's it. I mean, I just wanted to point out how weird and eerie that all was. And yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah, they were all very sad, mysterious, everybody was young, kind of seems like a curse, and I'm curious to see how the rest of the years play out. I hope no one else loses their life. Knock on wood, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a much more fun topic yes, please. to talk about. <laughs> so, um, our friendship was, in a lot of ways, founded on coffee. Yes. And That's I've true. thought about bringing this as a topic before, and so I'll probably bring it again, because I basically just have fun facts today Ooh. about coffee. Okay, okay. Because... Okay. Hey, wait, actually, one second, one second, one second. Jet had to pause to drink her coffee, so uh, it really is that important in our life. It's that uh, at 8, 8 p.m. PM. <laughs> on a Friday, it's I'm coffee time. Having some, I've, I've probably had at least 25 ounces of black coffee since you've been at my house. I can smell the pumpkin spice in that, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's that time of year. Yep. Uh, this is unrelated. Well, it's related, but side tangent, I... 
Well, we went to Starbucks the other day and we got pumpkin spice for the first time this year, at least for me. Yeah. And I told four different groups of people that I was near that day, <laughs> guys, it's pumpkin spice. And I like shook my pumpkin hey, spice at them. People, I was like, hey, Look. all you people, will you listen to me? Yes. Everyone There's needs to know. <laughs> and I literally said to one of them, I was like, it's the best time of the year. <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah. So obviously coffee is very important to us and everything that it brings. And so I asked, I texted my husband this morning and I was like, hey, I'm like, I'm trying to narrow down topics. What's something I can talk about nonstop for hours like, that I could coffee. use? He's like, well, <laughs> coffee, obviously. Yeah. And I have I haven't brought it because obviously there's a lot of history to coffee mm-hmm. and so it's hard to kind of like dig into one thing. Fun fact so, fun about facts. me hmm. and coffee is that I never thought I was a good writer, but my first, my freshman year of college when we were both baristas together, I wrote a research paper on fair trade coffee and got nominated for an award for my writing. I don't know what happened to that essay, but I think that's kind of funny that the only good paper I've written in my life was about coffee because I was very passionate about it in that point in my life. Anyway. Yeah, I exactly. Just to it's something for a second. that we care so much about. I have a coffee tattoo. Yes, she does. So it's very important. I have coffee with me constantly. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that about me. My boss gives me coffee-related presents for Chris or for my birthday every year. It's just, it's just the way it is. Yep. It's my life. Mm-hmm. It's what people know me as, and I'm okay with it. I yes. love it. I was a barista for three years. Yep. And so, anyway, all that to say, I have coffee facts today. Please, I'm ready. So, first off, did you know that coffee dates back to the year 800? That's when we, like, discovered that no. we could use it as a resource and ingest it. It's maybe, kind of a fun story. Maybe I'm thinking of beer. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know anything s- about uh, beer. Well, I don't want to spoil your story, so stop me if it sounds familiar. Is coffee the thing that we discovered that people started drinking because boiling water helped us not die of food poisoning mm, from our water? No. Maybe? No, that's not what I'm going to say. Anyway, okay. I could see why that would be a thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's, I'm thinking fermentation or boiling or beer or coffee. So don't fact check. Well, well you can research if I'm wrong or right. Whatever. Yeah, that I don't know, unfortunately. But one of the popular stories is that a young goat herder in Ethiopia noticed how energetic his flock got <laughs> after eating coffee berries. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you said, is cute? it goats you said? Or sheep? Or goats. Goats. Yep. I'm just imagining a whole bunch of baby goats like, yeah, yeah prancing around and jumping yes so literally so much homework today (laughs) yeah and so the goats would get like very energetic and after chewing on the berries of the plants and so he was like hmm i want some of that (laughs) yeah wow that's very observant yeah and so he tried them and brought them home so for anyone who doesn't know uh coffee beans are actually the seed or the pit of a berry on the plant yes and you can eat the berry but Mm -mm. that's not where the coffee itself comes from okay so it's like a seed that we grind up and roast. Yeah, okay. And uh, you know this, but a common myth is that people think dark roast coffee has more caffeine. Wrong. But actually, the lightest roast has the most caffeine. Mm-hmm. The longer you roast it, the more you're roasting out the caffeine Goodness. and <laughs> any maybe nutrients, anything. It's it's kind of getting burnt off. So yep. uh, if you want caffeine, you want a lighter roast, a mm-hmm. blonde, if you will. Yes. Or a white coffee has a lot of caffeine, actually. Mm-hmm. It's barely roasted. Uh, did you know that coffee has been, people have tried to ban it? What? Yeah. I hate them. I know. Screw them. People thought that it was a mind-altering substance. (laughs) And so, uh, these were pretty common and they happened because 
Well, and part of it, too, was that the crowds of coffee drinkers attracted people in coffee houses, mm-hmm. which would be people who were free thinkers and discussing <laughs> ideas, and that did not fly. Those people, hipsters. Exactly. People <laughs> do not like free thinking. So, uh, and specifically during the 17th century Ottoman Empire, it was believed that, like I said, it contained mind-altering substances, and so people <laughs> would punish by death. <laughs> I'm just imagining a whole bunch of people sitting around in togas saying, like, have you heard the latest Mumford and Sons? <laughs> 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 yeah, man, <laughs> that shit is fire. So good. It was probably more like, did you, do you? Th- I believe that women's ankles are not sexual. <laughs> what do you think? <gasps> I agree. <laughs> is the world round? Maybe. Wow. <laughs> the type of thinking that could never be permitted yeah. at such a day and <laughs> age. <laughs> and in the 16th century Constantinople, not providing your wife with enough enough coffee was grounds for divorce. <gasps> I wish that was still a thing. I don't see why it's not. <laughs> Are you providing for me, Anna? <laughs> I'm not caffeinated. You you need to go. <laughs> that kind of reminds here. me of that TikTok audio that's like, yes, I think it's from Parks and Rec, where the girl goes, uh, I don't, she's like the kind of Eeyore. Uh, April. Yes. Uh, and she goes, yes. Men are our heroes. Men mm-hmm. are our saviors. We must bow to them or whatever. And she's saying it very monotone <laughs> yeah, very because she's trying to get something out of them or yep. whatever. <laughs> I think that's where that's I exactly would use that. That's exactly where yeah. this law came in. Yep. Um, there's a Guinness Book of World Records for the largest coffee cup Ooh. or cup of coffee, I should say. That someone drank or that just uh, sat no, somewhere? I think that just existed. <laughs> okay. Guess how tall in feet this what? coffee cup was. Yeah. I'm going to guess two and a half stories, so 25 feet. Okay. No. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's a bit much. Well, I, I was thinking, like, maybe there was, like, a, a a world fair. Maybe I'm picturing, like, Gilmore Girls. I mean, this is probably close to what that would be. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe okay. just not that uh, Let me, okay, I'll, I'll re-guess, I'll re-guess. Biggest coffee cup. Is this, like, something that someone cup would Cup of actually, coffee. Cup. Like, container of coffee. Oh, um. Actual coffee in it. Oh, gosh. Let's say three feet tall. Somewhere in the middle at 11 feet. Oh, wow. (laughs) In Honduras, actually. Hmm. Uh, Do you want to guess how many cups of coffee that contained? Ooh, I feel like I may be better at this, but volume may mess me up. Am I guessing in ounces or gallons? Just cups, which would be eight ounces, I guess. Mm. A normal cup of coffee. Okay, okay, okay. Fun fact about Jet and I, we're really good at guessing (laughs) the amount of, like, gumballs in a jar, M&Ms in a jar kind of thing. So what was really (laughs) weird is... um, another throwback to our origin story a little bit so Mackenzie and I got a lot closer around the time of my wedding when I was about 20 and Mackenzie and I met at 19 and she was a bridesmaid when we were 20 well we got close real fast yes exactly (laughs) it was friendship at first sight yeah and when my family met Mackenzie for the first time uh, (laughs) my mom uh hosted her at her house uh, for my bridal shower. And one of the games we played was guess how many Hershey's kisses are in this jar. And Mackenzie and I like both kind of <laughs> sit there and count. And then we do the math and figure out like the circumference and then saw how tall it was. And we both <laughs> did the math and then submitted our answers both separately and submitted them. And we both got it to the Hershey's kiss. <laughs> Exactly. I this. We both got it exactly right, and everybody was like, 
huh? <laughs> like, first of all, what are the chances that anyone would get it right to the Hershey's kiss? And then it was also extra, extra, extra weird that, her and we, I, both did that it. we both got it right perfectly. And I'm going to call you out because I am a math-minded person. You are not. No, no. So it's bizarre. It is very reasons. weird. It is very weird. Like, mine was probably a little bit of math and a little bit of, like, it's going to get smaller as it goes in. And I made, a, like, a wild guess or whatever. And I swear neither of us knew. And we were both kind of like, huh? <laughs> That's really funny. I Even though you've told me the whole story, it's still fuzzy in my memory. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I listen to a lot of Oprah like her podcast and stuff. And I feel like that's what you would call life's little whispers. Like Ooh. when she talks about like coincidences and little things that happen in your life that make you like feel like you're headed in the right direction. And I, that stuff like that, that you can't deny has to be like your life's whispering to you. Like you're doing the right thing. Have thing. we told the story about the time we ran into each other three different times in the same evening? I don't think... I think it's worth a retell. Yeah, it's a very good story. So Jet and I worked together at a coffee shop. That was how we met. Yes. Our husbands met a decent amount later, Mm -hmm. not like formally. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we live in a small town. And so after work one day, we both ran into each other, our two couples, at the grocery store at Winco. And we're like, oh, how funny. Good to see you. And it was... Okay. And mind you, we're... Like, Mackenzie and I are both introverts, but we had been getting a along really well at work. Yeah, we've been hitting it off. And yeah, chatting up at work. Everything but our husbands was really probably fun. hadn't met. No, they had not met yet. Like, but we had probably said, oh yeah, my coworker is like really fun. I've been enjoying like talking to her and all that stuff. And then we bumped into each other and it was like, I remember being like, that was awkward. I hated that because <laughs> I always hate stuff like that. Because you don't want to see anyone you work with outside of work. you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we all left the grocery store and went to our local Hastings or like video rental place and ran into each other again. And we're like, oh, how funny. Hi. Uh, I guess we both wanted a movie night. Yeah. <laughs> and we uh, promptly go to different aisles to try and avoid the yes, awkwardness. Yes, because it's so weird that <laughs> and we we're ran like, oh, into we each didn't other follow you. Ha-ha. Again. Yes. And then. <laughs> and then. We all, again, separately, separately. as couples. <laughs> run into each other, other again. At Walmart. And I'm talking, guys, this was the same night consecutively. Yes. Like We all spent the same amount of time in each at the store. Same place. And ended up in the same place yet again. And I remember you guys, we all were kind of outside the electronics section of Walmart. And we were like, we literally all acknowledged how awkward it was. Like, it was so painful at that point. That that time we said, okay, when are we going to hang out? Yeah. Because life was literally was punching us, us in the face multiple times. Like, get together. <laughs> do something. I'm making you hang out, you idiots. <laughs> and now we spend Christmas together. Yeah. It's not weird. It's not weird at all. It's totally normal. <laughs> so anyway, literally in Walmart next to the electronics section. <laughs> We all decided to meet up for pizza, like, the next week or something like that. And then our husbands got to know each other, and they kind of hit it off about video games and whatever. And, and then, then a few weeks later, we took vacation together. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, we haven't looked back since then, but uh, anyway, one of life's little whispers <laughs> turned into a, a punching bag. <laughs> yeah, like a WWE wrestling match of life's little whispers punching you in the face. And a year later, I'm in your wedding. Yeah, <laughs> So anyway. Perfectly that... normal. That's how all friendships start. <laughs> That's our origin story. I, I'm sure we've told it on the podcast before, but it's, sure. it's, it's been a, a while. Story. Yes. It's a good story. Yes. I love that story. Uh, anyway. So how many cups of coffee are an 11 foot cup of coffee drink? Oh, <laughs> hmm. Ooh, now I'm like really <laughs> now you got to get it right. right. So cups and 11 feet. Oh my god, that's a, that's lot, a lot of cups. I'll let you know it's thousands. <sighs> yep, I was gonna guess thousands. Cool. Okay. Mm, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The more <laughs> I think, what's the diameter? <laughs> the we cup? don't know. Uh, okay, so let's say it's I'm probably round. Pretending it's a round paper cup that maybe is narrow at the bottom and gets wider at the top. I'm going to guess. God, I really want to get it right. I really want to get it right. Uh, 11,500 cups. Uh, a lot more. It's 120,000 Holy cups crap, holy. Wow, I thought I was, I, my brain was like 3,500. Then I was like, oh, 6,500. And I was like, ooh, 11,5. So, anyway. I thought you were right for a second. No. Volume five, is really times hard. Times 10, yeah. It's, it is. Uh, so a if lot of If it was Hershey's cup, we would, yeah, if we could visually <laughs> see it, we would be good. Yeah. It reminds me, small tangent, of an episode of iCarly where, uh, they have to guess how many somethings are in a big jar, not even a jar, like floor to ceiling container. And the one girl like throws out a completely random number for no good reason. And then another guy does like hours and hours and hours of math to deduce the exact number and they both get it right and they were both furious at each other because they hated each other and yeah. one of them used logic and the other one just got it yep. so anyway Sounds like us it does <laughs> uh fun fact did you know that finnish people consume the most coffee in the world really finland huh yeah, one of the few places that I really want to move one yeah. day, or experience at yeah. least. So that is a whole other episode, but hmm, I have read maybe a book about Finland and Maybe we that way Finland. if we go to London. I don't know if they're close, but sure. Yeah, I'd love that. that out. Uh, Brazil grows the most coffee, though. Okay, okay, okay. But Finland drinks the most. Gotcha. One thing that makes us feel better about our lives, and I don't know if you know this, but coffee remains one of the healthiest beverages in the world. Particularly due to the antioxidants present. When consumed as part of a balanced diet and healthy lifestyle, Mm. coffee can help people live longer and live happier. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, yeah, the key word there is uh, balanced diet. So, um, (laughs) we may push it. but the caffeine, yeah. Yeah. A cup of black coffee only has one calorie. Yeah. And a cool thing that I didn't know, cream can keep your coffee hotter for 20% longer. Hmm. Trying to, I'm like picturing the science of like insulating cream cells. Yeah, I was trying to think of it earlier too, and I think it is something about like density. Yeah, yeah. And there's something sense. like I don't know, thicker about cream, where it like binds in a way where mm-hmm. it just it makes sense. Yeah, it does. But I'd never heard that before. Interesting. Yeah, and I, I like the cream first in my person was to put cream in their coffee. Smart, smart. Yeah, let's put this milk. This, this cow's goo in this in, bird in water, this bean water. It doesn't sound appealing. Stop! <laughs> that should be the name of our future coffee shop: Brown Water Milk Goo. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, yeah, gross, yeah. but delicious. <laughs> so good. I'm into it. Uh, and studies have shown that drinking coffee can lower your risk of depression. And I think that's accurate because I am a happier person when I have ingested coffee. Yes. Same as these. Same as so. 
Uh, but you want to be careful because you can overdose on coffee. Mm. So don't worry. <laughs> you would need to drink 30 cups of coffee in a very short amount of time. Okay. But you can die. Oh, whoa. There is a lethal... Is it from the caffeine? Caffeine. Yeah, okay. it's a lethal dose of caffeine. So don't drink 30 cups of coffee I really in should a day, check because before this recording, uh, my jaw was hurting, so I took a mm. Excedrin, and that had caffeine, and then I had like 30... I think you're ounces. okay. Okay, yeah. Because there's like a hundred milligrams, I want to say, in a cup of coffee. Yeah. So that's like three thousand milligrams. No, oh. more. It's a lot. You're fine. Okay. Yeah. There's not that much in. Okay. It, You're I okay. Won't die. You're okay. I won't let you die. Thank you. Uh, and then this is probably kind of the things you were talking about earlier, but uh, as far as some of like the popularization of coffee, mm-hmm. the Boston Tea Party actually helped popularize coffee in America because we were rebelling against. Because <laughs> we the were UK. out of tea. <laughs> Well, we, exactly. We threw away the tea and we were against tea because that's the British thing. Mm -hmm, So we were like, screw that tea. We want this coffee stuff. Yeah. And so. uh, I like it. Yeah. It led up to the Revolutionary War. That actually checks out because something, fun fact about us in our worldly travels, um, coffee was never very, like we've even been to Italy and coffee was not like super impressive. Ireland coffee was sad. It was. We were sad about it. Literally. It it was was not good. Depressing. Yeah. Because they um, like tea. Yeah, and Italy was better because they do, like, cappuccinos everywhere. So, yeah. like, you always have something better. to cut it with. Um, it was stronger, I yeah. would say. It was very bitter. Yeah, very dense. Um, Just like the Italians. Yeah. <laughs> so, <Very> anyway. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but we were just surprised because I'd never associated America with such a coffee culture. But, like, obviously... It is, and we have so many good coffee options, even yeah. in small towns. We so. have some really good ones, but also some not-so-good ones. And I don't want to get any shade, but the one I'll point out is one of the facts I saw, I didn't write it down, but I believe it said that at Dunkin' Donuts, you can literally have 25,000 different combinations of ways to order your coffee. Wow. And I'm sorry, guys, but I'm going to quantify that as bad coffee. Yeah. Because if you need to add things to your coffee in 25,000 ways, yeah. it doesn't taste good. Yeah, for real. But that's its own thing. But we digress. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, the Boston Tea Party and all that, it led up to the Revolutionary War. It became patriotic to sip your java in lieu of tea. America, (laughs) America. Yep. And then the Civil War also made the drink more uh, pervasive as it helped energize tired troops. Oh, okay. okay, Very American. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then uh, before coffee, uh, it was more popular in the U.S. to drink cider or beer, even for children, as your morning drink. We've come a long way. (laughs) People literally had beer for breakfast instead of (laughs) anything else. And I think that was because the water wasn't very clean. Oh, yeah. I think that, that might be what sense. you're referring to. Um, small tangent. This morning, well, actually, before you guys got here today, uh, Dakota and I were listening to a podcast on child labor, and now I'm just picturing oh. a whole bunch of kids waking up, having a beer, <laughs> in, the beer. in the morning, <laughs> then going to work their, like, assembler job oh. during the day, and then I mean, that closing out their night being a paper boy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Early America. There you go. Woo. Yes, very fun. Yeah. So, anyway, it's been fun to reminisce about our origin yes, story. Coffee is obviously a big deal mm-hmm. for us. So, I, like I said, I am sure I will have more coffee-related topics again someday because mm-hmm. there is way too much to leave it at one short little topic. Mm-hmm. And something of note that 
is very fun for us specifically, us two people in this room, is that next weekend we're going on a girls trip. Girls trip. So girls we're not trip. making a podcast, but you can catch us on the Instagrams probably because we'll be doing all sorts of fun things on Beach there. Beach pictures. Yeah. Camping pictures. We should do like a photo shoot. Ooh, Camping. Yeah. We're going to do so many fun things. We're going to the Oregon coast. We're going to visit the Redwoods. Um, so we're amped for that, but there will not be content next week. Yes, we will not be recording. We'll be having the time of our lives. Yes. Hey now, hey now, this is what dreams are made of. (laughs) I'm so excited. You're so close. Yeah. Well, as always, we are not experts, but we are fascinated. You can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts to hear us again next time, whenever that may be. (laughs) You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to follow our trip. Mm. If you have more information to add to this week's topic or future ideas for topics, you can email us at friendsfascinated at gmail.com. We can't wait to share more topics with you next week. Next time, whenever that may be, (laughs) you just listen to another episode of Friends Fascinated. Thanks for listening.